This podcast is the overflow of a three and a half minute song called Jesus Happened. You can expect raw and real conversation, stories, and testimonies of my personal Jesus Happened moment, along with many others. So here we go with another episode of the Jesus Happened podcast. Part of my life was changed. Jesus happened. Hey. <laughs> okay, so hey everybody. Hey. My friend Louisa's here. And if you listen to the first couple episodes, I've you've heard her name because she's the reason that Jesus happened to me. I'm just kidding. Jesus <laughs> is the reason. Amen. But Jesus through her is the reason. And first of all, before we tell your Jesus happened story, can you just go back to like how we met? And like that coffee shop moment and then like, but talk about college yes. a little bit. Talk about us, like our friendship, because we've known each other for a long time. Met at the jam or met like in the cafeteria? In the cafeteria. In the cafeteria. <laughs> yes. Talk about that. All I remember is you were sitting with one of my friends and I thought you looked like Miley Cyrus. So we had very similar friend circles and I always loved you. It was you know, like, Baylor, what's up? Yeah. And I remember when you were on Survivor and you, like, secretly told me that you were on it. And Oh, yeah. I wasn't supposed to tell anyone. I know. Because of the non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. But I told you, so. But we were always kind of in each other's lives, like, for four years of college, at least. Yeah. And then, or the two and a half that I was there. LOL. And then. We had the same friend group. That's yes. what it was. We, we were in, she was in one sorority and I was in the other, but we had a same, like, friend circle. Mm-hmm. And Louisa and I were kind of on the outside of the circle with. You know, she had a best friend in it and I had a best friend in it. So we would cross paths. Frequently. Frequently. Mm-hmm. Parties, mm-hmm. Um, you know, sorority gatherings, music stuff. I think we yeah. played writers rounds together. Yeah. We were just always in each other's <laughs> lives, which is why this is so special. It's amazing. And like. It's anyways, like the Lord's sovereign or something. It's like he actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. So you knew me from Belmont. Mm-hmm. We meet. You thought I looked like Miley Cyrus in Jesus name. Uh, it's just so funny. And then like what happened in 2017 when I was sitting at the coffee shop? So should I back up? Well, or should I say that first? Tell that part first and then we'll go back to where you were before that. So I remember walking into this coffee shop and almost everybody that we were in connection with in college were, was at this coffee shop separately. Like I walked in and I knew pretty much everyone. It was really, it was an interesting moment for me because I had somewhat been in hiding for two years which we'll talk about which we'll talk about and so I was freaking out a little bit and kind of wanted to disappear and like loved everyone so I was running around and saying hi but didn't want to go deep because I was like still so ashamed (laughs) Jesus I know and um I remember seeing you and walked up to you or you walked up to me I don't remember which one it was or I think you came up and we were chatting for a little bit and then before I left I went and talked to you yeah And I invited you to my church, which for me was a really big deal because you were the first person I ever invited. Yeah. I didn't want anybody to know about my church. This is like my safe haven. I don't know how people are going to think about it, but like I have found and encountered Jesus here and I (laughs) needed him for myself. I wasn't in the place to share, if that makes sense. Like I was still being so purified and still am to this day. Um, But the Lord's done such a work in my heart. 
since Jesus. then. And now I want everybody to everyone know. Everyone, I want everyone to come. Eyes but on Jesus that, Nashville. Eyes on, eyes on Jesus Nashville. But at that point, it was a really big step of faith for me to share yeah. this secret place, yeah. so to speak, um, and you with, with an old college friend. Yeah, and you were seeing me... And you were seeing your old self pretty much in me a little bit, like as far as music goes. And we had had coffee me- coffee dates before that, which yeah. I'm thinking about now. Um, I just love the Lord's process because... You were really the only person that I talked to about it too. Yeah, God just always Whoa. had our had our friendship in his hand. And like even when, even when we were both either living in sin or then like we were meeting, but then the next season was you were coming out from the world, yeah. coming to Jesus. And I'm, you're still meeting with me every once in a while. It wasn't yeah. often. And then this moment happens at the coffee shop where you walk in and like, you literally cast me like a life preserver. Well, I saw hunger in you, Baylor. Yeah. That's oh. why I was like, I could see the Lord all over you and could see what he wanted. He gave me a tiny little glimpse. I would never think that it would be like this. <laughs> But all I saw was she, like, you didn't hate me and think that I was this psycho person who left everything to follow the Lord. This and guy named Jesus. Yeah. Yes. He's so good. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's, that's how we know each other. Now let's back up. Tell me, um, give me, like, brief synopsis of how you grew up. Yeah. In the church, out of the church. Yeah. What you knew of the word church, the word ministry, the word, even the word Jesus. Like, wow. what did you know about that? Um, what was your pre Jesus happened life? So I grew up in Los Angeles, California, um, started dancing when I was four recording was in the studio from 12 on and started competing, um, in dance when I was 11, 12, and then was also doing acting. So commercials and driving up to Hollywood multiple times a week, (laughs) leaving class, all this stuff. So it was crazy. And we're talking like, this isn't just like dance, like bad dancing like this is like Louisa can spend 15 times in a circle oh with gosh. her with her leg above her head <laughs> so like yeah go watch old videos but but anyways we're talking like legit competition and I can relate because it's cheerleading it's right. totally different but people that are just like oh she's a dancer it's like no we're talking like legit like I mean you're 25 hours training. a week yeah you know what I mean okay just want yeah. them to know that it's no joke <laughs> This is not like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. No offense, but seriously. <laughs> so that was kind of my upbringing was a lot of creativity and pressure and competition in the form of beauty. So everything looked beautiful. The people were beautiful. The ocean was beautiful. Um, you were beautiful. You are beautiful. I love you. <laughs> no, I'm serious, but like that's – we'll talk about that, but I think that's important. Yeah, like, so – yeah, so Los Angeles is very much so like it attracts that like obsession with right, beauty. Right. Absolutely. And my family um was so supportive, so loving. Yeah. I my family felt very safe and to this day I think so much of the way like what I fell into was my surroundings mm. um from peers, honestly. And graduating high school, all I knew was I wanted to do music. I was being recruited for FSU, um, a dance team there. That's pretty good. And <laughs> we shall co-seen her. And face. was like, and um, was really praying and and heard about this school called Belmont University. And at that point, like the school that I went to, I thought I was a dumb kid because I graduated with a four point oh two. And what? Yeah, I did not know that. 
Um, and, but my brother graduated with a 4.8. So everything that I was surrounded by was like excellence to the extreme, like to the extreme. Um, Talk and, about a bar trying to live up to that. Right. Jesus. And I'm grateful for it. It taught yeah. me discipline, but it also, man, like so much discontentment and self-hatred and anxiety. there was anxiety, tons of anxiety. I had Comparison. panic attacks. Oh Yeah eating disorder, the whole thing. Um, yeah. So nobody knew about Belmont. So that was something that I needed to get over. Like it's not this highly acclaimed. Wow. From LA. Right, and like right, right. people, my peers went to, my classmates went to like Stanford and, yeah. you know, West Point yes. and all the things, which is amazing. <laughs> and right. I'm like, what's Belmont, you know? Yeah. So anyways, come here, um, start doing music. I was a songwriting major and a music business minor and started doing mashup videos of, just cut like pop songs because I loved singer songwriter acoustic was like my favorite type of music yeah and then very quickly heard that that's not cool and like mainstream pop is like way better so my desires started shifting and because that wasn't cool according yeah. to whoever said that yeah and ministry was never on my mind worship music was never on my mind I loved Jesus I always loved him he encountered me when I was 13 alone in my room spoken tongues like the Holy Spirit took me over and I had no idea what was happening but I just knew it was like good and peace and I had tears running down my face but I wasn't sad oh. like it was just the and Lord were you was your family going to church like yes what kind of church were believers um very to? conservative non-denominational church okay. and my parents were involved with this ministry so I went to Argentina when I was 12 and saw the spirit move for the first time when I was 12 years old and was fascinated I mean Anytime I saw a man or woman of God, I wanted that. I always wanted God, but I was not around that very much. So the moments that I was around it, that's all I wanted with my life. But I knew that mm. if my life were to look like that, almost everything would need to change. Woo. And Shocker. <laughs> but I was around the world and a lot of worldly Christians, to yeah. be honest. Um, and so would be very convicted when I was around the spirit of God and then leave and think, oh, it's not that bad. I can just kind of live however and whatever. Like I love Jesus. So if I'm singing about um, sensual things and, and inappropriate way, like an inappropriate way of living, but I'm anointed and I love God, then what comes out of my mouth is also confusingly anointed. And maybe somehow people will find Jesus. Jesus. I mean me. I mean God. And <laughs> Jesus. It, it makes, it makes no sense. But I actually bought into this idea that because I love God, I need to look like the world, gain the world's approval so that they're drawn to me. And then maybe somehow they'll like sense that Jesus is involved. Right. And then find right. him. Right. But, but it's not that severe or serious or so to you basically you were like that was like in the back of your mind it was like a hope but not it was my main. motivation to be famous and successful Whew. Jesus honestly because if God's on my side then I'm in a different pool than everyone else so he can take me to places Woo. that people I mean Woo! <laughs> oh I feel the Jesus. Oh, my whole body has chills. Let's talk about success. Let's talk about that. Because what you've set us up with so far is basically your family, the city, your family, the city you were from, the, the sport that you chose or chose you, whatever, 
all set you up for some type of success mindset. Absolutely. To where like if you didn't quote make it in whatever you were doing, whether it was dance, singing, being a daughter, being a friend, being beautiful, then you were a failure. Hundred percent. Or at least that's what you thought, right? And that's yeah. what that's what the that's world how I lived. You. Yeah. That was the mindset that I lived out of was Woo. make it in the world's eyes. But if I don't, then I should probably die. Woo! Like it was so much pressure and it was so all around me that there was no Jesus. other option than to do whatever it takes to um, be amazing to everybody else. So if someone said, this is amazing, then then I would need to fit that mold. I mean, I was a complete chameleon Wow! in every sense of the word. And so what what was happening on the inside while the outside and we'll get to the the big um taylor swift thing in a second but what was happening on the inside when you started to like really conform to whatever anyone said about you that was amazing like what were you experiencing on the inside that wasn't good torment i I lost myself completely i um was very confused was in involved in toxic relationships um anxiety attacks on multiple medications just to mediate my emotions um intense eating disorder I lost so much weight like I didn't I didn't know what to do with myself but I thought that this was me making it so I almost numbed all of my internal issues because the outside looked like what I thought it was supposed to was supposed to because you were being applauded Absolutely, 100%. By the church and by the world, which right. to me, that's the pinnacle. Like, hello. Right. We're getting approval from both sides. This has got this to be is God. amazing. This has to be God. I didn't know the verse that says, if, you make your, if you're a friend of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Mm. If you're a friend of the world, you make, make yourself, yourself an, an enemy, enemy of God. God. I didn't know those verses. Jesus. If you're ashamed of me here, I will be ashamed of you there. Those are the verses that shook me to the core later on. And I saw that I was not a true friend of God. No, I was not walking with the Lord and what people were applauding. Mm. Maybe possibly he wasn't. And I had never considered that. Or maybe the success that I gained maybe possibly wasn't from God because I mean, Satan took Jesus up to the highest mountains and said, I can give you everything if you bow down and worship me. And what did he do? He, he quoted scripture. He quoted scripture. <laughs> Not only scripture, people. The Old no Testament. But me. He quoted Deuteronomy. <laughs> so I don't want to hear so Deuteronomy beautiful. or the Old Testament. Doesn't matter. Oh, honey, yeah. bunches. Yes, it does. Jesus quoted it to yeah. Satan himself. So, okay. So let's let's fast forward a little bit. So you get to college. You've got this childhood upbringing mm-hmm. where you are called to be successful, pretty much. Yeah. That was your goal in life. Whatever the success looked like, really, I don't think mattered to you, except for it just kind of took a turn after dance into music. Right. And so, you know, any spotlight, because I can relate, you know, Mm -hmm. people put me in the spotlight my whole life and applauded it, whether I was funny or musical or could do a backflip, it was applauded. Mm -hmm. And, And yeah, I think there's just this pressure, especially in our generation and social media and now the church, um, just wanting the younger generation to be like famous or something. I I remember yeah. writing a country song back whenever with one of my country artist friends about um, not wanting to be famous because of seeing what it does to people. Like I, le- I at Same. least, I at least knew enough to know that every quote famous person I've ever seen was like miserable. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I, I've never still to this day really right. seen a 
what the world calls famous, uh, anyone happy or joyful or peaceful. Um, so talk about college, talk about, um, you know, I guess it was what our soft, no junior year, junior year, beginning, beginning of junior year, halfway through something. Anyways, We're we're both doing music, but Louisa was making cover videos teamed up with some people um, around Belmont's campus and mm-hmm. talk about what happened. Yeah, so I was doing these mashup videos and was getting traction around kind of my hometown and and Belmont, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. And did this one of two Taylor Swift songs. Um, and four days after we posted it, she found the video and tweeted it with all caps obsessed. Um, that was her, like, linked my video and said yeah. obsessed in all, in all caps. And I remember it. Within hours, it was viral. I mean, I was I was in the mountains with my family, and my mom would just call out Huffington Post, Time Magazine, like it was Ooh. like everyone was covering this. Um, I didn't know that. millions of views. I don't know how, what it is now, but there was a point where it was like a million views a day, and yeah, my followers were skyrocketing, and it, I think I had like eight hundred followers on Instagram or something, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, I have two thousand! Like this is crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And um, Ryan Seacrest called, did an interview with him. Seventeen flew me out. Teen Vogue shot with free people. Was in a movie. Um, I basically got whatever I wanted. So if I like, I loved free people. So my team messaged free people, and they flew me to Philadelphia, and I did a shoot with them. Wow. And just um, because Taylor Swift, tweeted. yeah, that was it. And yeah. then was traveling was um, in New York, LA, and Nashville almost every two weeks would spend two weeks in each one mm. interviewing with Bill. I mean, we like hit number one billboard charts. Like it was. Yeah. And it then you're insane. being flown out to the Grammys. Being flown out to the Grammys a month later where um, Juliana Rancic, I don't know what's her name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hallelujah. I'm not in this world <laughs> anymore. Um, um, yeah. So we were like on the red carpet on live television on E! Um, sang our song. And I mean, it was just mayhem. And yeah. I made it. I'm like, this is it this is what's been prophesied over me oh (laughs) this is god's plan for me this is amazing i was like drinking way too much every single night i would literally i remember falling asleep in bed um remembering half my night spinning and started repenting like almost (gasps) every night but i didn't know true repentance that when when you repent it's an actual turning away and a change of a lifestyle you just felt guilty right but i like had the holy spirit in me so i was very convicted almost pretty much the whole time but kept searing my conscience and which the bible talks about right because eventually yeah god will give you over to that absolutely he talks about it like it's really serious yeah so Mm. um so you you hit this famous pinnacle in the world's eyes right you literally like talk i was about, on my way right for sure right, right right and yeah i had labels publishing everything was open to me biggest songwriters um in pop music all this stuff and but then very quickly i mean maybe two um, i think a month or two into it i had 20 minutes of a break in my day which was abnormal and i thought i was going to die There was so much anxiety. Oh, I'd been sexually abused that year as well in the middle of all of that. Um, So it was just a lot of undealt with anxiety and trauma that was shoved down and painted over as this is incredible. And my friends, the ones that were closest to me kind of backed up like, who is she now? 
acquaintances wanted to be my best friend and fans treated me like I was a god. Like it was very uncomfortable. I hated all of it. Um, <sighs> and a year in, I had so much anxiety, so much fear um, that the thought of this not continuing because it was a cover video. It wasn't even my song. So I didn't even understand. I wanted to get out of the YouTube box as fast as possible. I'm like, You're like, this I'm is my, lame. You I'm know? my own artist. I'm like global tours I'm in artiste. two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, wow. the idea of it falling through um, put me in, in, in a place to, I was, I was, I was hearing suicidal thoughts like completely. Well, yeah. if this doesn't go through, you might as well give up and die. And, and, I never considered it or acted on it, but I knew something was wrong. At that moment, it was like, it was a wake-up call for me. This is not God's voice, and I don't really think that I'm having those thoughts, so this must be the enemy, like just logically speaking. Um, So then I started, I was desperate. Did you read the Bible before that time? Were you in and out of it? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, kind of like me, like for inspiration. Yeah, I'd read Isaiah 40 and Mm. Psalms 139. Those are my two favorites. And that was pretty much it. And then everything else I didn't really understand. So, (laughs) you know. Yes. So Or maybe you didn't choose to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I had like multiple surgeries that year. Near-death experiences my whole life. This is setting it up. Um, And then Cheyenne, who's now our pastor's wife, pastor, sister, friend, mama, Mama whatever. Mama Shy. Um, she had a dream about me, so invited me over and I thought she was amazing. I had, she had just encountered the Lord radically. She had had her Jesus happen moment. Yes. The year before. And so I came over and her dream, the dream that she had of me was the exact same dream I had when I was eight years, a reoccurring nightmare I had when I was eight. Had you ever told anybody about it? No. (laughs) I didn't know dreams were significant. (laughs) And basically the dream was that a man came up to slit my throat And it was a nightmare when I was a child and she is sitting in front of me telling me the exact same dream. And I knew I wasn't afraid, but I knew that God was there because I'm hearing these thoughts. I've almost died so many times. You're telling me this isn't me? Like this isn't my battle? There's something else that could possibly be oppressing me and trying to take me out like a spiritual battle in the heavenlies wow. for my soul and for my life and she sat across we were sitting on the floor and she said the devil's trying to take you out but god wants to deliver you do you want to be free <laughs> and i'm like get it off you know i'm like i didn't know this could be a thing like a spirit of death what that's a deal like what in the world so i'm sitting there and so she asked me if, if I'd be willing to repent for believing the lies that, um, I don't even know what the lies were in regards to that, but I started repenting and turning away from my old life and, and from sin and all the things that connected me to, um, oppression and heaviness and death, believing the lies that I would die. What were some things you repented for, if you can remember? At that point, probably fear, because I was so riddled in so riddled in fear. Yeah. I mean, my mom said that um, if she had known what anxiety looked like from a child, she would have done things differently because I showed signs of extreme anxiety as a baby. As a baby. So I've always, that's always been like the biggest. After you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So repented for believing the lies of the enemy that God doesn't love me and takes care of me and that I need to do it on my own, essentially. And I was, I was set free that day. Um, never had a thought, never had an accident since then. 
And that was about four or five years ago. Um, (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deliverance is real. Yes. So then that night I went to a church service and was worshiping. And at this point, I, if people knew who I was in Nashville, so if I were at this church, I would be looking my best and minding myself. And I had just encountered God, like God just touched me. And so I was different that day and I was raising my hands in the middle of the aisle. I think we were singing, um, show me your glory, show me your glory. I want to look on the face of the one that I love. I don't know. Something stare at your presence. It's where I belong. So I was singing that, raising my hands, and all of a sudden, boom, I felt hands on my hands and could see like the shadow of a person in front of me. So like a normal person, I opened my eyes to see who was touching me, and no one was there. And I closed my eyes and knew Jesus was in front of me and could just see him in my mind's eye. And he was so strong and so calm and full of peace and he was just (laughs) just looking at me in love and so secure and um lowered my hands to my heart and walked around the back of me and opened the top of my head and started rewiring my brain in the natural I could feel vibration around my head and there was so much power around me I didn't know if I could stand so I was fully in the natural leaning backwards but someone must have seen so there was a hand somebody like had a hand on me it was like lifting me up or holding me up Mm. and he said what they said would do what they said would take seven years I'm doing in seven minutes and I knew he was what I, I thought was referring to an eating disorder, um, a battle that I'd struggled with since I was 16, 15 or 16, um, and turned around to see who was holding me up and no one was there. <laughs> so I knew there was an, an angel, angel holding me up as like the Lord was ministering to me and closed. He, I saw him close the top of my head and the way that I used to describe it was all the muscles in my body stopped working released and I fell to the ground um mind you in the middle of the aisle of this big (laughs) church that people know who I am and I'm like being a fool you know to the outside world but in my mind Jesus is touching me like Jesus like the one in the bible and the actual God that created the sky (laughs) and created the heavens and the earth was paying attention to me like and rewiring your brain like me and from that moment I got off the floor oh the pastor was like all right everyone go back to your seats and I'm sitting there like I can't move I actually don't know how to get up (laughs) and now I wouldn't have moved but then I like willed myself to stand up and I felt like a baby deer honestly it was like (laughs) I was literally like crawling to my seat and the lights were brighter and the sounds were louder and I was covering my ears and closing my eyes because like I didn't something something was different and I believe I guess we'll see at the end but I believe in that moment I was actually born again and committed my life to Christ gave my life up because I was so oppressed and so destroyed by what I thought I should be by then and I was 21 maybe 20 years old and what everybody else expected of me that I like truly gave myself to him and the next morning walked up to my pills um Mm. walked up to my medication that I had tried to get off many times before but the withdrawals were so painful that it was either the options were go to the hospital or take another pill so I would just take another one and walked up to my pills and decided if what happened to me last night was real it's 
it's real today. And I walked away with no withdrawals. No one told me to do that. I just... Come on. It was just the Lord. It was Lord. faith. It was faith. Yeah. And I did not have a withdrawal. Walked open, walked over to my bed and opened up my Bible and started reading. And I'm not a reader. <laughs> but I read for six hours and it was like the stories were flying off the page. Like there was actual breath and life and food in this yes. little book that I had had since I was in seventh grade. And the like, I mean, I felt like... I was in those stories like it was I was reading it but really it was reading me and and I just couldn't get over the fact the same God that formed Adam from the dust and split the seas and and caused fire to come from a bush and and anointed David to kill a giant with a stone and and lightning flashes from his hands and sent Jesus to like come and save me that was the same God that touched me come on that's the same God that's with me right now who am I (laughs) I like saw for the first time how small and insignificant yet so precious and valuable I am to him. And I was undone. I mean, without thinking about it, I left all of my friends, um, slowly left music, had a meeting with my management team. and was like, I can't, I like need, I don't know. I'm quitting essentially. And I can speak to this part because this was at the end of college. Yeah. And Louisa and I are the same age. And I just remember slowly but surely realizing Louisa stopped showing up at the parties and stopped showing up at the gossip hour or whatever was going on in our past friend group. She was not there anymore. And I started, I think that's why the Lord was already ministering to me through you not being around. Wow. So you coming out from among them (laughs) was already ministering to me who had not yet. I didn't know it was a verse either. Who had not yet come out from among them. Jesus. Wow. Ah, we can't shine while we look like the darkness. No, because the no light and darkness thing. cannot be in the same. They cannot. It's a twisted theology. It's not real. It's not the Bible. Right. It's really not. It's not it's not in the word. And I would just encourage whoever's listening here, if what you are hearing and believing and living up to, even like quotes and phrases, if it's not in the word, you have permission to not believe it at all. Anything, if the word says it, it's true. If it doesn't, it's not. It's like, I think Cheyenne started teaching me that early on. If it's not in here, yeah. you don't have to believe it. Amen. And I want to go back to what you said a little bit ago, because this is what happened to me too, is I remember when I was getting delivered of demonic mindsets and and just stuff mm-hmm. and realizing, wait a second, this isn't me. Yes. Because I think a lot of girls, in, especially girls in our generation, but anyone, older, younger, man, or female, male or female, sometimes when, when the devil is lying to you for so long, mm-hmm. you've now taken on an identity of, 100%. I'm an anxious person. And that's it. I'm a fearful person. You've agreed with you've it. You've agreed with it. Yeah. And that right there, this is Deliverance 101. Um, just this is the gospel. Like, we're just going to go for it for a second. But if you have heard thoughts or, or lies of the enemy, you have an eating disorder. Or your dad abused you and so you attract abusers. Or Ooh. you um, you want to be famous and because your pastor prophesied over you that you were going to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And it's not going so well. Or nobody's applauding. Listen, whatever it is, I'm not saying you're not going to do that or whatever. I'm just saying that sometimes we think it's us and really the enemy has a, has a, has a plan to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that looks like fame. And sometimes that looks like 
death in your kitchen. Like, do you just feel like death all the time? You're just a worry wart. You're, you're Mm -hmm. anxious. You're whatever. It doesn't, the point is, is that Louisa and I realized by the grace of God, Mm -hmm. it wasn't us that what we were struggling with wasn't us. It wasn't what God called us to be or how he wanted us to live. Mm -hmm. Like he literally, he literally shed light on the lies of the enemy and then shed, shed light on the truth of himself. Just so you know, the Bible is him. It says he is the word. He He is is the bread um, of life. And so just be free right now in Jesus name. Like there's no crazy thing that needs to happen other than you can just say, I repent for coming into agreement with the lie of the enemy. Yeah. And you just fill in the blank, whatever that lie is. Um, I mean, think about the whole reason why we're here is to be loved and to love God back. Right. Like he created us for his glory and to be one with him. So of course the enemy, whether it's self-condemnation or self-exaltation, either one, it's still self-focused. So when we are thinking about us, meditating on us, worried about us or how others view us, it's still, it's still very self and there's no Jesus in sight. Right. There really isn't. And the, uh, the message version says it so well. I think it's in Romans 12. Don't shuffle along eyes to the ground concerned about the things of this world. Only look up to where your real life lies. Our real life is hidden in Christ with God and it won't be revealed until the day that he returns. So we're so focused on figuring out who we are and what we're supposed to do and, and what our destiny is and what our calling is when our calling is, is to Christ himself. Can, are you kidding me? Christ himself? Like, what? what? We get him? We get him? We get him. He gets us. That is the goal. We have eternal life. Right. So living for me on this world and and engaging in my sin leads to death. And, and that's eternal death. You're but right. leading, li- laying my life completely down, saying I have no bias. That's something the Lord's taught me when I like lay my life down and surrender again, it's, it's a zero bias of what happens next. I mean, honestly, the way that my life looks now, if you were to tell me that this is what I would look like three years ago, I would probably implode. Like I, there's no way that I would want that. But now being here and watching how the Lord has pulled me out of the worldly church has pulled me out of the world and into his heart. That's why I was hiding for so long because I was, I was so, I was still so riddled with failure and shame that I wasn't anything right to be impressed with. But you had Jesus, but I had him. So I was safe with him and safe with him at church. Um, but everywhere else I would still like revert to this old mindset of like, don't look at me. I know it's embarrassing. What's wow. happened to me? I'm like a one hit one or whatever. I don't even yeah. know. Um, and wow. isn't that wow. wow. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about how Jesus can happen to someone, but then it can become embarrassing for some reason or, well, yeah. or, or for whatever reason, the devil starts to say, well, but you can't tell anyone or, right. or whatever that is. Like talk about why, why did you not want to share it with anyone? Like what was, what was keeping you hidden with him? Instead of like inviting little old me, yeah. <laughs> in which you eventually did. But like, yeah, I mean, I mean, there is a time I think to be, you know, I don't even like the word hidden very much, but to be honest, there is a time to like be solo in the secret place with the Lord. You know what I mean? Which Absolutely. should continue throughout your entire life, Amen. by the way, even if you're public or private or whatever. Yeah. I don't even like talking about that, but 
Like, why why were you riddled with fear to share him, even though he had happened to you so real? Like, I so, think, yes. praise the Lord, he just reminded me. I think um, I still thought that God had done something amazing and I failed. And so he was being sweet to me by encountering me wow. in my failure. And it wasn't until years later that he showed me that it was his mercy that everything fell apart. Woo. He was the one that caused it. Come on. Now and that means- changed everything for me. Because yes. then I was like, I felt free to be bold and free before God. And then as I wasn't even ashamed of like, God, I failed you. I've, I've never been someone who's angry at God. I don't agree with it. I'm grateful that that's not my struggle. Um, but it was never like, you said, <laughs> and you failed me. And I just, it was like, I failed you. Oh no, I failed this like wow. self-pity Pity party, sad, lowly me, I'm nothing, I might as well just give up and die. That's what led me to thinking those thoughts, honestly, was so much self-condemnation, which isn't like better in any sense. But um, he showed me it was his mercy. And I remember um, a few years later, well, long, like, so this was happening. And then I moved back to LA and kind of got tired and was alone and fell back into every sin and worse. Let's talk about that. Because... Just because you have an encounter with Christ, Come on. I mean, what, what happened to me was real, but it did not change my life. Woo! It did for a couple months, and then I gave up and was kind of exhausted and tired and kind of wished that I had my friends back and kind of wanted to go out again and, and kind of wanted uh, to be noticed. So I moved to L.A. and started pursuing all these um, connections that I still had, and I started walking right back in to everything that I had left and And it was worse it was worse and the bible says when a house is swept clean which is talking about when you when you've been delivered of demons um it comes back to see if it's empty and if it's empty it brings seven worse stronger than itself which is why we need we can't just be delivered and like call it a day and like I need deliverance I need deliverance no we need to be renewed by the word of God and filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we're filled, continually abiding in him and connected in communion with Christ himself, looking at him, loving him, letting him use us, Yes. then we're safe. Because if we're filled and those seven that come back stronger notice a, fill, a full house. They can't come in. They can't come in. But if I'm empty. They're coming. You better know. And that's what happened. So at the end of, I think this was 2017 now, is about a year after the encounter I had with the Lord, um, I started asking God for mercy because I knew I was not in the right place. Like I wow. just knew it and was really crying out and heard the Lord say, I'm giving you a fresh start. I'm giving you a fresh start. Like, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and then my house burned down <laughs> in LA. And I was like, oh. Is this my fresh start, Is this Lord? my fresh start? <laughs> Wait, God, you said fresh start. And it was like <laughs> horrible for my family, but there, and man, it's just like, there was so much peace that I had walking in to my charred home that I grew up in. And I just could see like it was sad, but it felt to me like my old life is dead. Over. It's over. Like I have nothing left to hold on to. So I I was in Nashville at the time, so I had more belongings than anyone in my family. So I lived on a suitcase for about three months, moved in with my pastor's moved back to Nashville and I saw you about two months later. So that's when that happened for me. It was a returning, a complete returning back to the Lord. And, and for me, it was this time I'm, I'm here to stay. Yeah. And that was with 
God, like no matter what happens, mm-hmm. I believe the Lord has called me to do music and I'm starting this week and I'm really Let's excited go. about it. Yes. Um, I'm going to be doing an, a reintroduction video on YouTube because that's where most of my fan base is. And like, hey, this is what happened to me and I'm no longer that person. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to just see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what my life looks like today. Do or any of us. So. Um, and if any of y'all know, um, Louisa and I, um, and most of our friends do not plan for the future. Sure don't. Um, we've read the book of James, which we highly recommend. And in the book of James, it says, who are you to. We plan, but we plan lightly who with are open you, hands. Yeah, who are you to <laughs> say where you'll be next week or, you know, even next Next the 10 minutes or whatever, like the Lord is in control. So he's in control. Okay. So Jesus happened to you once, then he happened to you twice. You come back. And what I love is one of our friends said to me when my song came out, she was like, Jesus happened and he keeps happening. He keeps happening. I'm being saved and rescued continually. All the time. I'm not who I was last year. Amen. Yes. A hundred percent. Me either. Praise the Lord. We both know, glory each, to other. Glory. We both know each other really well. Sure so we, we know what, we, what we've walked through, but we just want everyone to know that like, even though we both had like radical encounters with the Lord, that doesn't mean that the next day was the most jolly, beautiful, butterfly. Life is hard. Yeah. And the Bible says that the trials make sure, or what does it say? The trials prove our faith is genuine. Right. And so now we're a little more mature. We still know nothing. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jesus, except Christ and Christ crucified. Amen. Um, but, but what we do know is that we want Jesus and we want more of him and, and, I just want to say, like, I know you have had um, past experiences with drugs, alcohol, me me too. And Mm -hmm. something that we know and we experience weekly, three times a week, sometimes four, five, six, Mm -hmm. is the presence of God is better than any drug, medication, drink. I was literally talking about this in my dream last night. What? No joke. You were talking about in your dream? Oh, yeah. By the way, if you know Louisa personally... She already told us in her testimony earlier, but she has dreams, definitely prophetic, and and we believe in in the prophetic. We don't scoff at it, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, please mm-hmm. read the Bible, uh, and the Bible says to test prophecy and to test what people um, dream about and and say to you. And if someone has laid hands on you and said you're called to do this, please pray to God and and make sure that that was from the Lord. Please pray to God because the enemy has a plan for you too. And it says to test every spirit. Test every spirit, yeah. yeah. And the Holy Spirit will never go against his word. Amen. Ever. And it won't exalt you. It'll and exalt it, Christ. Oh, yes. You. It will mm-hmm. not exalt you. We are not amazing. <laughs> we are nothing. We're <laughs> But we're so loved. But we're so loved <laughs> by the biggest and most amazing God who died for us. He sent his son and died for us. Ugh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we have a hope that doesn't disappoint. And that hope is Christ. It's okay to have aspirations and dreams and plans, but know that the Lord is the one who directs the steps of the godly. And he, the Bible says he delights in every detail of their lives. So, so it's not a, I'm sad and miserable and died to myself and sitting in my room reading my Bible for hours and hours and hours. I've never had more joy than I do now. Come on. I've never had more life. I've also never been used as much by the Lord as I am being used right now. And it's like such a humbling experience to see God. Like my heart position is not to be used. My heart position is I want Jesus. Yes. I want him. I want to be in him. I want to be like him. I can't wait to see his face one day. And then in that he's purifying me and then he's free to use me because I'm a vessel (laughs) that is imperfect. Like, 
the Bible says we're fragile clay jars, but the power inside of us, the light inside of us is Jesus Christ. So that requires us getting rid of us. Take right. more of me. Give me more of you. Like TB Joshua says in Nigeria, pastor there is amazing. Probably look him up, Joshua. Look him up. Um, but every time this happened at the beginning too, God, I want more of you. And every time I would say, God, I want more of you. He would show me something in my life that I was still holding on to. Mm. And so I would give it to him and he would fill me with his presence. And that is still happening every day. I pick up the same thing sometimes every day. Come on. So know that if you want God, that is sure evidence that he's working and drawing you and you can only Who be drawn. Roland Baker Roland talks Baker. about this. Yeah. It's I think multiple, I've heard multiple people say it too, but um, that's evidence that he's drawing you and wanting you. Yes. So stay in the word and stay submitted to him and, and stay in community. And if you don't have amen, one, start one, but make sure it's built on the rock of the word. Cause I have led Bible studies before where <laughs> I was not in the word so just make sure that you're surrounded by believers in the word that Amen. is brought to life by his spirit. Oh, I, I love, love you so much. So I think fun. this is so, this morning when I was praying about this episode, um, because I, before every episode I pray about who, who want, who do I want on it? Lord, who do you want on it? And, and what do you want this to be called? And mm. I think this is a perfect way to end it, which the Lord said specifically that the title of today's episode is from success to surrender. And that's exactly yeah. what he did in your life, Louisa. And that's what he does in every true believer's life is he, Amen. he really does call us to surrender everything. And, and sometimes that looks like it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I know. And sometimes it looks like <laughs> letting go of everything and your house yeah. burning down and your whole career falling <laughs> in front of you down in shambles. And then the Lord building you back up into him Amen. because when we're built in him, whatever happens, whether it's success or prison, yeah, we're in him. So it doesn't matter. So thank you, Louisa. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody get ready for her YouTube and everything that the Lord's going to do through her. Um, we're just so excited to share him because it's not about Amen. us. It's about him. And we're, we're, we are firm believers in winning more souls to heaven. Uh, and so, yeah, follow her on Instagram. And if you have questions, DM us, reach out. We love you so much. Louisa, will you pray for us? Yeah, God, I just, I thank you that you are the champion, the initiator, and the perfecter of our <laughs> faith, Lord. That that is what you're after, and that's also what the enemy's after. So God, I, I thank you, Lord, that it's not our hold on you, but it's your hold on us that keeps us safe and that saves us. So I just release everybody here from the pressure to fulfill a certain picture a certain calling lord and and i ask god that you would replace that with your mercy and your grace lord that you would continue um, sending workers into your field that you would continue drawing us by your love that you would replace every wound um, of hurt of failure of abandonment of rejection god with with the peace that only comes from christ in the name of jesus lord you are real you are alive you love us and you care for us lord so we give you glory we give you honor lord in the name of jesus bless your people in jesus name amen amen love y'all <laughs>